Hey there, Fade In listeners. This is your host, Tess Pelicano. Welcome to Fade In. This was recorded right after we completed our first dramatic film, The Bond. In this episode, I have a great conversation with the lead of the film, Sarah Kate Innes, who shares some behind-the-scenes info from the site of The Bond and how acting is her outlet for art. Just as a quick note, this interview was recorded in July of 2016, so all of the dates that we talk about have unfortunately passed. However, you can keep track of what Sarah is up to this year at her website, sarahkinnis.com, and you can always follow us on Facebook at Connecticut Filmworks. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, this is Tess Pelicano, and you're listening to Fade In. If you like what you've been hearing so far, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. You can also rate us and leave a review as it helps rank us among other podcasts. So Connecticut. I'm sorry, guys. I just have to call what? it out. What's happening outside right now? Scene, that's all. Why a lady in a in a It's just hat? the sun the sun hats and the summerness. I just I really <laughs> the summerness escaped. of a dude is that a beret? I really <laughs> escaped the city. We're not in Manhattan oh, anymore. Oh, look how cute. Oh god, it's so Connecticut. Okay. <laughs> in three, two, one, action. So my guest today is one of the leads of the Bond, the beautiful and accomplished Miss Sarah Kate Innes. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hello, Connecticut. We're going to start by talking to Sarah about her background as an actress. And then in our second segment, we'll be talking about uh, the Bond. So let's get started. Um, what drew you to acting in the first place? You are in your mid-20s, so you been doing it for a while now. I have wanted to be an actor for as long as I can remember. When I was very little, I would just act out my favorite books, my favorite movies. Then, you know, as I grew up with it, my parents got me into community theater, a lot of musical theater. As a preteen, you want to be anybody except who you actually are. So (laughs) acting's a great thing then. And as you grow up and continue to study it, as I did in college, you learn to bring yourself to the parts you play. So uh, that definitely drew me to it. It's always a challenge, but it's very exciting to get to live hundreds of lifetimes within the one lifetime we're given. (laughs) It's the fun part about acting. So selfishly, I like to keep playing. But uh, I guess the worth of what we do as actors and what keeps me coming back to it and wanting to do this rather than anything else is the power of storytelling, you know, especially and dark times that we're kind of facing right now oh, in yeah. this world. It's been a heavy year, 2016. Hi. And we're only halfway through, so. I know. <laughs> it's rough. But it's, um, you know, art's a very important outlet, not just for artists to express what they know and what they feel, but also you have a captive audience. People come to see theater. They come to see film. And they're seeing a circumstance through eyes that are not their own, hopefully opening their mind to starting conversations. So it feels powerful in that way and important. It's really fulfilling. Wow. <laughs> sure, that's a rambly kind of question, but uh No, I mean that that was great. That's and it also sounds kind of like uh what a somebody who wants to teach would also say. You know, teachers who want to, you know, change the perspective of people. Absolutely. No, I really believe in theater and film, art in general for change. It can be a very selfish endeavor. And we do, you know, we make comedic things. We make fun 
sitcoms and friends hanging out in apartments, but there's also some stories I think that are out there to hopefully, you know, change the world. So it's the ultimate goal, I guess. <laughs> Telling important change stories. Change the world. Change you know, the world on one a big film screen. at a time. <laughs> one <laughs> podcast at a time. I try. Um, so changing the world one one part at a time. What have you you've been in acting for a while, as I've said. Um, where what kind of platforms have you worked in? With us you worked on a short film, mm-hmm. but you also do theater as well, you told me. Yeah. Yep. Um, so as, as I said, I started in musical theater as a kid, all the dancing, singing, the whole mm-hmm. shebang. And as I grew older, I really got drawn to straight theater. I liked that you could kind of sink your teeth into a little more material there. So I mm-hmm. chose to go to school for straight acting, did a lot of contemporary plays and classical. And then that's really college is where I got into filmmaking and new works. I have a deep love for new works in theater, too. It's kind of fulfilling to get to put your own mark on it work on the development process with a playwright or the full team in the past year or so I have been focusing on film as I mentioned to you and a lot of shorts just like we did with the bond here but also you know pursuing uh some television I guess and I'm in a play so I can't escape I'm still doing (laughs) theater I say I'm focusing on film but the theater it does creep in there occasionally and it's it's great to keep your uh toes in the water there as well now, I've heard from other uh, actors in interviews who do both film and television. They speak about the different experience of the live theater versus the, you know, film where you do a take and then you do the same thing immediately again. It's and how different an experience that is for an actor. Mm-hmm. But because you do both, do, have you noticed that difference? Is there one um, experience you enjoy more or? Well, they're really black and white. It's kind of hard to say, I like this more, I like this less, this is more challenging, this is less challenging, because it's such a different thing. I mean, theater is a continuous storyline. Once you're there, you're going from start to end, you're getting to live in the story, feel the character arc as you're going, mm. and there's no second take. So <laughs> that's, that what, that's what can be more challenging, certainly mm. with theater. You know, you have to keep rolling with the punches. The show must go on, quote unquote. Yeah. But it's, um, it's definitely rewarding and a different experience to take a story chronologically from start to finish. Uh, what's very exciting and fun about film and television is the moment to moment you really get to live in one moment at a time and sink into it. You're actually in the set of what's happening. You're not, you know, a theater. They do what they can. There's scenery and there's a lot of illusions. But um, what's fun with film and television, if you're in an apartment, you're really in an apartment. And you can pick up the <laughs> magazines and you can, you know, play with what you have there. So it's really easy to immerse yourself. But uh, it can be difficult to pick up right in the moment, especially in heightened circumstance film or television, you know, where you come into the scene crying and you're like, well, just an hour ago I was filming this lovely scene where we were just, (laughs) you know, making dinner and it was so simple and fun and easy. Mm. But uh, it's definitely, and I like the challenge of um, continuity with film and television. That's a fun thing as an actor that it's very freeing on stage to tuck your hair behind your ear whenever the heck you want. Yeah. And to sit down <laughs> at a different point. And if you do, it doesn't ruin the world. But uh, <laughs> it's also, it can be fun on film and television. Because oh, yeah. you can draw the focus exactly where you want it to be. 
Yeah. If you're sitting a hundred rows back in a theater, you don't see all the you don't know what they're watching. Yeah, they yeah. can, you know, it's, everyone says theater acting is bigger. I don't think that's necessarily the word I would choose, but there is just a grander scope. You're filling a much bigger space than on camera. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more intimate. And you, you think theater is more intimate? Oh, no, I think, oh, you think yeah, film, film and is television is yeah. definitely more intimate. Because the space, yeah, no matter what your set is, your space where the camera is, where the crew is, is usually right up in your face. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Even if you're in that apartment, you've got all these weird things in your face. The lights yeah. right there. There's a guy holding a bounce car and like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> Also, there's so much pressure relieved when you're just, you know, stage. It can be kind of, you're all over the place dealing with so many moving parts and um, bigger objects. But as you said, there's all these six people, there's this camera, and then there's the words. And all you have to do at that point is say these few words. All the energy is focused in towards you to this one spot in this one moment. So if you're really just focused on what you're saying, what you mean by it, who you're saying it to, mm. it it kind of, beca- yeah, it's a definitely an exercise and focus and (laughs) just allowing what is around you to be around you but once you get used to the camera just being there it's surprisingly unobtrusive I think um you told me a television show that you were in but I cannot remember the name of it but it sounded like something the audience could find you in if they wanted to find you I don't know how much they can find me it was an amazing experience to be on a set like that it was the HBO pilot for the show Vinyl Uh, I was in Led Zeppelin's entourage, like geared up in really groovy 70s clothes and smoking fake pot and drinking fake beer. And fake pot? What does fake pot do? It's oregano, guys. Don't smoke it. That is so Message the listeners, do not smoke oregano. (laughs) It's the worst. (laughs) And we were just, we were at a Led Zeppelin concert. Ultimately, it was the final scene we really be shot so it was like being at a zeppelin concert at the garden and as a big zeppelin fan and a fan of the era that was just super cool and martin scorsese being like five feet away that's the thing i was like oh i can't talk to you and i wouldn't know what to say if i could but (laughs) definitely a cool experience oh that is so cool so if we watched the pilot of vinyl as this is clearly an advertisement for vinyl oh yeah just plug in Um, vinyl (laughs) (laughs) um you are in the final scene, you said? Uh, no, no, no. In in the concert. In the there's concert a concert series. in the pilot. And yeah, and there's backstage look, at the concert. And y'all can look for Sarah Kate Innes mm-hmm. in there. We'll, we'll put up your, your um, headshot oh, on, I've got online. some like, thick like, 70s bangs, hair oh, stylists, and everyone amazing. cut my hair and did it. So I don't know. You can if try. It's like finding Waldo. We'll give you we'll give you a prize if you find Sarah and <laughs> we have no prizes to give online. No prizes. Um, but that's really really exciting that you yeah. get to do that. So before we start talking about the bar, or before we take a break, rather, what has been uh, your favorite part to play so far? That's a tough one. Oh yeah. Yeah, just because it's been such a varied young career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would go with. A show called Boom Country. I got to do with Rare Works Theater Company up in Boston. It was an original work. We got to work with a playwright. Uh, just a four-person cast, nice and small. And it was about this family living in the Virginia mountains and about the mountain uh, demolition that's happening down there right now for mining purposes. And 
It was really neat to work with a playwright, as I said. That was really where I started to develop my love for full works. It was a fully produced new work rather than just a workshop reading. So that was very exciting to kind of have my footprint and really help build Alma. That was my character, Alma June. I've played a lot of ingenues before that. That was kind of on the cusp, those college years where you're like, the sweet girl next door. (laughs) But uh, this was a a gutsy part. This was the leading lady, and she had a lot of conviction and passion and was really driving the story. It was a great female role to play and kind of pioneered my transition from ingenues to leading roles or stronger, quote-unquote, woman roles. The star is born. There it was. How was it, guys? <laughs> I don't think the word ingenue has ever been said on this podcast, so oh, wow, look at that. You know, making history. <laughs> making history. All happening. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's really, it's all happening on this show. Um, <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about CFW's military drama, The Bond. So stick around. Hi, I'm Sarah-Kate Innes, and you're listening to Fade In, recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. That was actually really good. <laughs> I've done voiceover, I guys. I think she did it in one shot. And we are back. I'm here with Sarah-Kate Innes, uh, one of the stars of CFW's latest film, The Bond. To give a little background on the film, it's a military drama about a soldier who's recently come back from combat, and he's struggling with PTSD and uh, survivor's guilt associated with losing a friend in combat. And in the film, uh, Miss Sarah's character, whose name coincidentally is also Sarah, plays the soldier's wife and she confronts her husband on his experience and who he is now after uh, coming home from combat. What drew you to audition for this role? Well, when I'm on the hunt for next projects or new parts on backstage, I definitely look for stories that catch my eye for characters that would challenge me or uh, give me something to really dig into I guess and I hadn't ever worked on a film about war before so that looked new and interesting the breakdown Mm -hmm. if I remember was very simple I think it was just wife slash mother was the description but the male's part was also very simple it just (laughs) has to look like he could have been in the military recently so it was not misogynistic and it was not exploitive as so many (laughs) parts unfortunately are when you're looking for uh looking for new projects to hop on board with so i just i'd submitted because i was you know right for the part right age range right type whatever Mm -hmm. and then dave had got back to me with sides to record for the self-submission yeah and with those he gave a really nice description of who sarah's character (laughs) was and it was sort of her uh her big moment her confrontation of frank her husband at the end of the film and he described it did he say is something like she feels guilty for confronting her husband but justified in her feelings so 
but it was it was just nice because a lot of the time, women, especially wives, I've played a lot of family drama, young wife, oh, yeah. um, confrontational, fighting for the greater good sort of characters. And what I liked about this one was definitely that she was still sympathetic. So many women roles are there to just foil the husband. They're the one shutting them down. They're the one telling them off for doing something wrong, complaining. They come off as very selfish, um, but she definitely was not selfish. It was about her husband, who was her best friend, who she felt like she lost, and her family. It was really more about the greater cause of having a family again than just her own selfish needs. It's so interesting to hear you speak about a character that I wrote. And you wrote it. And I wrote it. You wrote a beautiful thing. Way to go, lady. After writing the first few drafts, Roger jumped in, you know, because he's a professional scriptwriter and helped me a lot with the with the revisions and everything. But it was so interesting to see him and then you and Alex like reflect it back at me mm-hmm. in a way to see it differently and see it the way that other people could see it, which was the intention, you know, in writing it, you want like as an actor you want to teach somebody something or change their thinking or make them see something a certain way and it's it's such a interesting experience to see that happen back at me as a writer to see people care about it enough to know how to articulate how they feel about it and this interview is as much for you as it is for me there you go yeah Yeah. that's great work yeah well thank you very much so as as we said um or as you said, the character is quite complicated. You know, her motivations are somewhat selfish, but more selfish for her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a straightforward, you know, like, you're a bad man for not coming back and, you know, or feel bad for me. I'm all alone. No. Like, it's not straightforward one way or the other. So she's a bit complicated. How did you get into the character to yeah. be able to play something like that? So for this film, I definitely, I did quite a bit of research, um, just searching online general soldier stories, how they are living with PTSD. Um, And then I figured my character probably did something similar. You know, Mm -hmm. if her husband was coming back, she knows he lost his best friend. She's been warned, it kind of says in the script, that he would be different, quote unquote. So I'm sure she looked into this. You know, she was like, he's not the same is this normal? How can he seek help? Um, and it really, I guess the biggest thing as an actor is obviously we tell stories that don't always relate directly to our personal life and our personal experiences. Right. We bring what we can of ourselves to a character, but then we have to figure out, well, how can I access the experience this person's going through? So it really just, you have to get your imagination churning. <laughs> so reading the stories, these heartbreaking stories from families and soldiers themselves about their experience overseas really sort of got the mind churning <laughs> and helped me uh, sort of access what it might be like. Because, you know, it's, as you said, it can it's selfish to an extent because she's like, hey, I can't do this alone. We have this <laughs> young baby. <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long you were my best friend. You I'm used to be alone. the person that was, you know, there for me. And now you're a shell of yourself, essentially. Yeah. We can't go on like this. Something has to change. So it's mm-hmm. hard. And she knows yeah. if he doesn't open up about it, they're never going to have back what they had before. 
No, no. And it's it was interesting writing it as well. I did the same thing you had done. I I did a whole lot of research on these stories of how people dealt with it. And it's, you know, a lot of times these people that part of PTSD is you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to talk to the people, uh, to anyone except for the people you were with on deployment. It's very real how much, like, it, it seems to us kind of over the top, I would say, thinking about, like, how could you not want to talk about this? You know, and it's it's exasperating to Sarah the character as yeah. well. And she, I feel like, I've realized this talking to you right now, it just came to me, <laughs> that um, she's kind of like the audience. You know, she is the audience's view into the situation with Frank in terms of, um, you know, trying to figure out the mystery of what happened which is which is an interesting twist at the end. We're not going to give it away. <laughs> you have to watch the movie to find mm-hmm. out what happens. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of people watching it will agree with her, with the character, and how she handles it and her feelings towards the situation. And some people will say, well, some people will take his side, you oh, know, yeah. and say she shouldn't be pushing, she shouldn't be asking, she should understand already, blah, blah, blah. So um, her confrontation can seem abrasive, I'm sure, for the audience yeah. and uh, people going along with the story as they see it unfold. As you said, there's the big reveal at the end. But um, at the same time, it's all coming from a place of love, I yeah. think, for both of them. Yes, he's yeah. trying to trying his best to hold it together, but he's just not ready or able to yeah. confront what he's lived through. And she's really just, you know, fighting for their family, ultimately, not just not just herself. She's strong female character. Yeah. Ah. No, she wants the best for her husband, too. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, all of us are telling this one story. We're all collaborating to get the story across in the most concise and accurate way possible. But it's yeah. your story, lady. Yeah. We're just <laughs> plugging in all the parts. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Um, I put in here any favorite moment on set, but it was a one-day set, so I don't really know if that was your favorite moment when the baby showed up. <laughs> I definitely, yes. My favorite moment was snuggling the baby. Oh, uh, Sets yes. are long, tiring days, and, yeah. you know, you're only acting for a very small portion of a set day because there's a lot of setup involved, but you have to be focused and ready to go at, you know, a moment's notice so Mm. it can be just sort of mentally draining Mm. so i i'm a firm believer now that all sets should have babies and puppies (laughs) and kittens and generally (laughs) snuggly warm beings so what are you let's do a little plugging of what you're working on uh all right so there's two exciting things it's been a busy summer right after the bond i filmed this movie called una and peter in which i got to play una it's just a brother and sister and sort of their story. And it was a playwright taking his first stab at screenwriting. Ooh, a fellow I've known since my childhood. So he's an incredible writer. It was a long, short film, for a sure. A long, short film. A long, short film. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't believe how short scripts generally are for film and television, actually. So when you get a 20-so page short film script, it's 
going to be a lot of shooting. Yeah, oh my. <laughs> and uh, I actually have a group of sort of artistic allies and good friends. We're working on self-producing some work as well, kind of oh, like you guys do yeah. on a much smaller scale. <laughs> and uh, so I was kind of prop wrangling and associate producing, and I got to make the shot list. Yeah, it's so, hard. Yeah, it's a lot of work. That and as you said, it's so important. I mean, I've always respected everyone on set and there's a lot of people on set and sometimes you're like really there's one person that does just that <laughs> yes. but like a script soup how yep. important because mm-hmm. we our camera guy was also having to do his own script supervising oh, no so it was really mm-hmm. it was an incredibly daunting and tiring day very rewarding and i think it actually came out looking pretty good we're gonna have a lot of adr all of the adr what is ADR? Is ADR the, is recording your voice. The post voice. Yeah, yeah. the sound is oh, so, no. so important, guys. We make your own work. If oh. you're going to splurge anywhere, get splurge on the mic. sound guy, <laughs> get the sound equipment. I cannot yeah. emphasize how important that is and how much time it'll save you in the long run. Uh, so that is a little plug for that. Hopefully there's sort of a teaser trailer coming out in the fall. We're hoping for a final cut, maybe in December, January for that. And this is Una and... Una and Peter. Una and Peter. Yeah, I'll sort of, I'll plug it on my website, which we'll talk about later. Yes, we will. Yes. And uh, then the second project is a world premiere of a new play. Told you guys, I can't avoid the theater. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> uh, it's at the MITF Summer Festival in Manhattan. And just a four-person play. It's opening up in August, and uh, that's sort of a different character for me. So it's it's been fun to work on and intimidating. She's sort of a oh gosh, she's like a she's a a mooch, I guess. Her she's kind of mooching off her brother. (laughs) She's a bit of a druggie. She's a little promiscuous. Definitely, just like you. (laughs) You know, guys, we can see me now. but it's it's a, a turn from the bond. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's it's fun. It's exciting and it's a great cast. Just a couple of us out there working with the playwright. What's the play called? It's called Lights. Lights. And that will be at uh the a festival in uh Manhattan, you said? Yes, yes. It'll be in the Jewel Box Theater. Um in August. In August, yeah. So that's Tickets on the website as well, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Which website would that be? Uh, Well, if you check on my website, that's probably the easiest way to find. I have a link on there, too. The MITF Festival. You cross-promoting. Just cross-promoting everywhere, guys. (laughs) Gotta do it. Gotta do it. It's the hustle. (laughs) So before we uh, let you go, do you have any... Um, any advice or or hard lessons that you've learned in the field to translate into advice for up-and-coming actors, um, people in your position, or soon to be coming out of school or pursuing this as a career? I would say don't settle. You know, when we were first coming at this, we're sort of submitting to anything and everything that we can often. We're not really being choosy. You know, we need those one-liners. We need the guest roles. We don't really care what the material is half the time. But as I sort of mentioned earlier, when you're looking through these casting notices, so many of them sort of rub you the wrong way. You know, they're woman parts that are really sexually exploitive, not for the sake. I mean, sex is great. Here we are. But it's (laughs) a lot of the time not even serving the story. It's just exploitive of the woman. Mm. There's some racist parts out there. I mean, the character breakdowns can be really 
disheartening sometimes, but I don't think you have to settle for those. I think you can say, say no, look for, hold out for the roles that mean something to you that aren't, that align with who you are and the kind of work you want to do. So I want to thank Sarah very much for being on our show. This was fantastic, and I'm so glad you're here and that we had this conversation. Um, thank you so much to Baobab Tree Studios. They are so generous to let us record here. Um, Sarah, where can people find you and the productions that you have been in or that you will be in? Ah, yes, I do have a website. It's just www.sarahkinnis.com. Perhaps you can spell that out somewhere. Yeah, that will be on the post of this episode. We'll put that right in the description for those there who are listening. Scroll down, look at the description. It's down there. And then you can like my actor Facebook page, facebook.com, facebook.com, backslash Sarah Kate Innes. Kate um, is spelled K-A-T-E. That's the way. Yep. Get event invites and some live scroll of rehearsals shots and updates on there as well exit music exit music yeah Now, I've heard from other actors listening to other interviews and, and things for actors who, like, um, oh, what's his name? The old British dude who's a knight, plays Xavier in the X-Men movies. What the heck is his name? Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Oh. I don't know oh, X-Men does No, he's Sir like. Sir Ian McKellen is not an X-Men, is he? Yes. Oh. His friend, Peter, Peter something. Oh, my God. We're embarrassing ourselves. <laughs> don't you air this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank All right, God. let's oh bring that back because okay. this is bad news bears, guys. <laughs> you never heard that. Yeah, I was going to make a really good point about Patrick Stewart, and then I was just like, oh. All right, <laughs> yes, Ian McKinnon and Patrick Stewart, they're buddies, and they're mm-hmm. knights, and they're like Sir Patrick. Anyway. All right, so let me re-say. <laughs> this is going in the blooper. <laughs> buddies and knights. Buddies and knights. They are. They've been knighted. Um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Hi, this is Tess Pelicano, and you're listening to Fade In. If you like what you've been hearing so far, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. You can also rate us and leave a review as it helps rank us among other podcasts. As always, you can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Connecticut Filmworks and on Twitter at CT Filmworks.